Welcome to the Contact Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Call to Act podcast. I'm your host, Donovan Jones. If this is your very first time hearing my voice, whether it be on Apple or Spotify or seeing one of my videos on YouTube, thank you so very much for taking the time to spend with me. Hopefully something that the Lord has placed on my spirit to come forth with today is a blessing to you. I've really been praying over this episode because God's been doing a lot in and around my life. And I just want to be able to articulate the things that he has placed on my spirit to say clearly and, and there be no confusion behind any of it uh, because God is not the author of confusion. There's nothing confusing about God. And so there's some things we might not be able to understand, but God is not about confusion. And so as I was preparing this episode, I don't have one specific topic. There's there's several things that God's been doing in and around my life that I want to share with you guys today that I hope will be something that's a blessing to you because it, it really helped me in a way, level up, spiritually speaking. And so I know we're all on different paths. We're all on different walks of life, wherever you are, whatever season. I want to ask you this question before we move and progress into any scripture or any examples of what I'm talking about. And it's a it's a very simple question, and I'll explain more of it in a minute because it, I know it can kind of be like, wait, what is he talking about? And the question is, what are you leaking? What are you leaking? Because there's all things that we all have things that maybe we're leaking in life. We all have things that maybe we're struggling with in life. And so I want you, as we progress into the episode, to really think about it, to really pray about it, ask the Lord to reveal to you the things in your life that you are leaking or struggling with. And we're going to try to look into Scripture and, and kind of pull out what we can um, about some some things that hopefully will be beneficial to you. And so I'm going to introduce a new segment during this basketball season. I've actually had multiple people that have messaged me and said something about Landry's basketball. And so what I'm going to do is we're going to bring Landry on for um, a segment here during his basketball season to kind of let him give a little breakdown of his games. And so we're going to call this segment Basketball Jones. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Introducing, he's number three on the court, but number one in your heart, Landry Jones. I have some cool toys. You got some cool toys? Yeah. Well, what are we going to talk about real quick? My basketball game. Do you know what it says? What? Mm, I of my toys. You can show them your toys in a second. What do you think about basketball? This is your second season, right? Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. You really like it? Tell them about what happened last practice. I scored it in a basket. Scored his first basket. He was too small to score any last year, so he wasn't able to score any baskets his whole first season. But here in his second season, he scored one basket. And then what happened after you scored your first one? Uh, I don't know. Remember you hit how many in a row? Seven. Seven. So he was all excited about that. And then after practice, what did we do? Where did we go? Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen. What'd you get? Nikki. With Nikki, yeah. So then Nick is a guy that I played basketball with in high school. He's our assistant coach. Landry has really taken a liking to him. So talk about a little bit about your basketball game. Is there anything you want to say? All right. So <clears throat> why don't you tell the people what color team you're on? Toys. Yeah, we can talk we'll talk about your toys in a second. Tell the people what color team you're on. Mm. 
white. The white team. That's right. What color team were you on last year? Blue. <clears throat> the blue team. Yep. So. Number one last year, he's number three this year, and so he's gotten a lot better with what, – what are the things that you think that you've gotten better at this year than last year? What can you do better this year? Hmm. What about dribbling? You can dribble better, and now you can get the ball up to the basket. And score. And score. And so he's been able to score in practice the last couple of weeks, but now what's the next step? What are we going to try to score in? In the – In the game. In the game. Hmm? All right. We're going to go ahead and end it right here. Um, you want to do this every week during your basketball season? All right. Sh show them back your toys, and then we're going to get out of here. Yeah. Who is that? Ryan. Ryan. What's he from? A Harry Potter. Yep. All right. Oh. Who, who else you got? Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Yeah. All right. Well, well, before we get out of here, why don't you tell the people one of the Bible verses that you know? How about... First John four fourteen. First John four fourteen. The Father has sent His Son to be Savior of the world. Good job. Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. So good. All right. You got anything else to say? Toaster strudels are good, and you love them. All right. Tell the people that you love them. Tell them what that means. I love you. That's right. All right. Say peace. Say see you next week. See you next week. All right. Good job, buddy. All right. So that's our first installment of Basketball Jones. Um, I know I said a couple weeks ago that I wanted to get back into the comments, but I don't know, man. Something about reading the comments. I mean, I enjoy doing it. And if you have not uh, rated and reviewed the show, um, I ask you to please go do that. It's something very simple to do that helps out the podcast on Apple. Just scroll all the way down to the bottom, rate it four or five stars and throw down a review in the in the little review section there. But um, I don't know. I, I like these little what's up segments. I like um, having my kids involved in that, that sort of thing. And so I asked Landry, I'm like, is this something that you want to do? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. So, um, yeah, that was awesome. Hopefully we'll be able to uh, keep him as uh, excited about coming on each and every week over the next couple of weeks. His, his games are only um, I think he's got a two month season, so it's not like half the year or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, so we'll try to keep that rolling. But I, uh, I'm doing something different today with the podcast that I've not done before. And usually whenever I prepare for an episode, I always sit down with my Bible. I'm always praying over it and ask the Lord to reveal to me whatever it is that he would have me to speak about in this moment that can hopefully bless somebody and help someone. Or, or maybe even it's something oftentimes I feel like the things that God allows me to try to research and try to speak about on this podcast are things that really help me out. You know what I'm saying? So um, I don't know if this is blessing anybody else out there, but sometimes the thing that the Lord reveals to me through his word is something that's just beneficial to me. And so I'm all for that. You know, I'm trying to grow every single day in my walk with Christ, but he's really been dealing with me a lot lately in a lot of different ways. Like I said at the beginning, and I'm going to try to articulate that the best that I possibly can. But when I say I'm doing something differently today, usually, like I said, I get my Bible, I pray and I get a notebook and I'm just, I'm old school pen and a piece of paper, just writing down an outline. Well, today I'm using my phone. And the reason that I'm using my phone to kind of go through this outline for this episode is I've been facing a lot of spiritual warfare recently. Um, really the month of January in the end of this of December, I was facing more spiritual warfare than I have in a while. And any time that you do a work for Christ, there's going to be a level of spiritual warfare where you're constantly facing battle because 
the closer that you get to God, the bigger the target gets on your back. You know, we've said it before, but it's true. And it, and it, and it bears being repeated because Satan doesn't want you to do the work that God has called you to do. So he's going to try to throw as much as he can at you to try to distract you and throw you off course. And so in that, I've been facing a lot of that lately, you know, and I've been praying about it and praying through it. And there's some things that decisions that I was feeling like the Lord was leading me to that I would go one way and I'm like, okay, Lord, I know this is what you want me to do. I'm feeling this strongly, Lord, bless this and, and this and that. And so I'm being very vague about it for a reason, but there is, um, there was a specific time where it was, you know, about three weeks where I was just feeling very, the only way that I could describe it was dark. And the verse that came to mind whenever I would think about this, and I was talking to my man, Jake, with a Y about this the other day, because um, we, we seem to be very in sync with the things that are going on. Like, it's funny because I'll tell him something that I'm struggling with. And he's like, bro, I'm facing the same thing. Or he'll come to me and say, this is something that's going on around the saints throwing at me. And I'm like, bro, I just went through that. You know what I'm saying? So we've been able to really um, bless each other in that way to encourage each other through this together. And I want to encourage you to find somebody like that in your life that is like-minded, that is trying to uh, push forth the kingdom, trying to build you up, trying to encourage you and not knock you down or make you feel like you're in a competition against them because we're, we're all in this together. We need to have a, a, a heart to encourage others and to serve Christ. And so I was feeling this darkness, like this heaviness that, that, um, I was, I was, I was saying, man, I'm facing so much spiritual warfare right now. And, and I remember I was talking to Jake about it and he was like, well, how, you know, like what, what's going on, how you feel and that type of thing. And I said, the only way that I can describe it is how it is described in Exodus chapter 10 and Exodus chapter 10, verse 21. These are the plagues. This is Moses ascent before Pharaoh, you know, Pharaoh will not let the people go. God keeps sending plagues. Moses is saying, after each and every plague, you need to let my people go. And then the ninth plague, this was how I was feeling. And this is Exodus chapter 10, verse 21. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, a darkness to be felt. And I said, Bro, that's, kind of, that's how I'm feeling. Like I'm, I'm feeling a darkness. You know, I don't know. I, I think it's Satan trying to just distract me from what I was doing. And so I was going through this for about a month and, and the other day, um, it was, it was very thick, very heavy. And I had a sliver of freedom in that moment. I don't know if it's called freedom, but clarity. I had a level of, okay, I'm feeling like the Lord is placing a word on my heart right now. And that's where this episode came from. And I pulled over right away. I was at work and I just got out my phone and started typing out this outline. And a lot of times I'm like, well, I'll just keep it on my mind until this afternoon when I get home and I'll write it down on paper. But what's been going on lately, spiritual warfare wise, is if I wait, if I delay for a moment, um, Satan finds a way to distract me. Satan finds a way to get me to forget about it. And then I go back and I'm like, wait, what was I going to write down? And then it's gone. And so maybe you're at a level like that where God is showing you or telling you a specific thing. Don't delay on writing it down or doing it. Just go ahead and do it now because human nature is going to try to hold you back from doing what God is calling you to do. And so I just sat down. I ended up writing two outlines. And and so uh, this is one today. So when I say I'm doing something differently, I don't usually ever uh, read my notes off the phone. You know, I'm usually reading them off of a piece of paper, but we're going to do things a little bit differently today, but that's okay. And so the thing that... I was struggling with the things that, that Satan were, was throwing at me weren't actually from Satan. I had a breakthrough the other day at work 
and I'm driving and I'm praying and I'm asking the Lord, you know, to help me, to reveal to me what it is that's going on and this and that. And then I had a moment of clarity and, and the Lord placed this word on my spirit. What you're doing in this one specific thing, you're not being led by the spirit. And I've said from the beginning, I want this ministry to be completely spirit led. And what I was doing in one specific area, I was more so dragging the Holy Spirit behind me than letting him lead me. And so I said, you know what, I've got to pull back on this one because the Holy Spirit is telling me, bro, you need to chill. You need to wait. You need to wait. It's not its season yet. A blessing outside of its season is actually a curse. And sometimes what God has called us to do, because God is so much bigger than we are, we can hear what he's saying, but we can't fully grasp all of the vision, all of his word for you. And so there's going to be times where you think, okay, now it's time to move here. But God has actually said, well, wait, that's something that I have for you three years down the road. You know what I'm saying? So like his timeline is different than ours. I know we can be impatient at times, but I was really reading in the scriptures and hopefully some of these things, I feel like I'm just rambling at this point. But um, so basically I started praying through this and, and at, while I'm at work, he reveals that to me. You don't need to drag me along with you. You need to let me lead. And what it really showed me was I was thinking over the last six weeks, two months, that, dang, what was going on? I wasn't facing opposition from Satan. While he was throwing some things in there, I was giving credit to Satan what God was actually doing. Because Satan didn't bring this darkness to Egypt. That was God's work. You know what I'm saying? And what God was doing to me was trying to throw a stop sign my way and say, hey, I'm trying to tell you to slow down in this one area, in this one thing that you're trying to do. Yeah, I have that for you, but not right now. You need to wait. And so what it's really showed me is a lot of times we think that the spiritual warfare that we're facing, we think that the things that, that are being thrown at us are from Satan and we're attributing them to Satan, but it's really God trying to slow you down or trying to get your attention. And the only way that he can is if he continues to throw some of these things at you to get you to, to pray and really, really sit down and seek his face and say, God, what is this? And him reveal it to you. I've been trying to show you all along. Just slow down a little bit. Just slow down. Not saying that I don't have this for you because I do, but it's not its time yet. It's not its season yet. And we're going to look at scripture today because there's several instances in the word that I think apply to this. Because ultimately, God does have for us a specific thing, but a lot of times we can kind of take it into our own hands, seemingly like, okay, I know God has this for me, but I have got to do this. And that then it becomes easy to be dragging, like I said, the Holy Spirit, dragging God instead of letting him lead you. Not to say that Satan doesn't overwhelm you, but... The, the best example I can think of as I was praying about this is it's kind of like a house, right? A house that you don't take care of and maybe you leave and, and you're gone for six months and then you come back and some vines are growing up around the house and nobody's been inside for a while. So bugs start to get in. It starts to get a little bit out of control and you're like, you know what? It's not that big a deal. And you kind of turn your back to it. Well, what happens is it might take a little bit longer for some of those vines to grow up. It might take a little bit for those bugs to come in and start making their homes and things of that nature. But at a certain point, those vines are going to grow up to where it's 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 going to be a massive overhaul to get them out of there. It's going to be a lot of work to come in and get these things off of the house. It's going to be a lot of work to come in and get these bugs out of the house. But you have given those things power by you not confronting the situation, by you just leaving it how it is. And that's what I'm saying. Like there, there are things that we have to address. There are things that we have to 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 
cut off at the pass and really address the situation right then. And 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 while you're facing, you, you don't want to be facing opposition. Well, not opposition. You don't want to be facing God constantly trying to poke and prod you to stop at something, right? You don't, you want to be in his will. But while you're facing that, you can also be facing opposition from Satan as well. And, and th that's, that's where I was. I was facing two different, you know, I was facing God telling me to slow down. And then I was also facing in other areas, Satan trying to throw different things at me, trying to get me to stop what I was doing. And so it, it, it's really, um, it, it's, I'm thankful for it because you want to face things that help you grow in your faith. You want to face things that help you to level up. Um, but you also want to be at a space that you're just completely, um, open to what God is trying to tell you and lead you. And so a couple of weeks ago, I was, I was feeling, um, very down. Um, I was feeling very defeated. I was feeling very broken. I was feeling, I, you know, I was, I was driving and I was, I was praying to God and I was telling him, man, God, I'm feeling very like bloody and, and battered and beaten up and knocked down. And it, it really, um, the vision that he gave me was like, there, there is sometimes that you can feel like you're so defeated as a Christian. There are times that you feel like, man, Satan is just knocking me down. You know, I feel like I'm just covered in blood where he's just beating me. You know what I'm saying? Like he's, he's throwing haymakers at me and, and I'm looking at myself and I can't even tell right now if the blood that's on me is from me where he's hitting me or if it's from his knuckles where his knuckles are getting cut up from him hitting me so much. And I really just have to stop and think because as a Christian, we are covered by Christ's blood. So even the times that you feel like you're knocked down or even the times that you feel like Satan's beating you up, the blood that you're covered with is the blood of the lamb, the blood of Jesus Christ. And even if you're knocked down, that doesn't mean you're not connected to the source. Once you have the source, once you've invited Jesus Christ into your life, once you have the Holy Spirit that is indwelling you, you're never unplugged from the source. So I've used this analogy before, and I think it's fitting here. A little while back, I was driving down the road, and it was probably 3 o'clock in the morning. I was at work, and I was approaching this area where they were building a uh, Dunkin' Donuts or a Starbucks or something. And as I got closer, I see this light, and it's kind of weird looking. I'm like, man, that is the weirdest light I've ever seen. And as I got closer to it, what I realized was it was a, a street light that had been knocked over, but it was still lit. And what it showed me was, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, as Christians, oftentimes we can feel knocked down, but our light is still shining just like that light was because it was still connected to the source. Same with us, with our relationship with God. Even the moments that you feel knocked down or you feel like you're getting beat up or you feel like you're going through a storm, you're still plugged into the source. So keep pushing, keep going, keep crawling until you can stand and then keep moving. It's going to grow you, strengthen you, build your faith in Christ because Christ is, is working in the midst of your situation. And so... I know I'm kind of all over the place, but I want to look into scripture because these are things that I've been dealing with. And I know that if I'm dealing with it, I know somebody else is dealing with some of the things that I've said too. So hopefully some of these things are resonating with you guys um, today. So I want to ask you the question again, that I asked you at the beginning of the episode, what are you leaking? And I asked this because something happened to me the other day at work that really opened my eyes to this question. And it really made me seek for myself. What are the things that I'm leaking? I was, I got into my truck at work the other day and, um, I get to one of my first stops and I notice as I back up that there's a puddle on the ground and I've been driving this same truck long enough to realize that this is an issue that has happened before. And it was a hydraulic hole leak. 
And I was like, oh man, here we go. Truck's leaking. You know, this, this ultimately how big the leak is can control the whole truck because my truck needs hydraulic oil to be able to work some of the tools that it has. And so I go throughout the day. Luckily, it wasn't a major leak to where I couldn't continue to go throughout the route and get it knocked out. So I finished the route, go in at the end of the day, talk to the mechanic. And I'm like, hey, man, this is what the deal is. This is, it. This is where it's leaking from, all that sort of thing. And he's like, all right, we'll pull it in and take a look at it. I go into work the next day. This was last Monday. So Tuesday morning, I go back in and I walk in and the third shift mechanic's there. And I'm like, hey, bro, um, who worked on my truck yesterday? And he goes, uh, me. I was like, okay, did you get it done? Is it, is it good to go? And he's like, well, you can drive it. And so, you know, I've been around long enough to know that that means he did not fix it. So I said, okay, um, well, uh, I'm not gonna have any issues with it. He said, well, I couldn't actually see where it was leaking from. And I was like, okay. He's like, so don't tear it up, but just continue to drive it. Hopefully it'll get a little bit worse to where I can pinpoint exactly where it is that it's leaking from. And I was just kind of thinking, what? Like, are, are you serious? You want me just to drive it around? If, if it gets, uh, you know, tore up somewhere, if this leak gets worse, I'm not going to be able to run the route because I'm not going to have hydraulic oil. I have to have hydraulic oil to be able to work the hydraulics in this truck to enable these tools that my truck has to work. But it got me thinking as I started driving the truck that day, a lot of times it is our inability to go to God to fix leaks in our life and, and try to fix them for ourselves. We say, oh, we got this, or we go to, to a pastor, or we go to a friend, or we go to this person, this person. And I'm not saying it's bad to go to any of those people, but a lot of times what we need to do is go to God. And it is our inability to go to God or our, or our disobedience to go to God and ask him, hey, can you fix this in my life? that we're making the, 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 the leak that was just a minor issue progress into something that's bigger and bigger and bigger. If my truck is leaking, then I can't properly use it the way that it needs to be used, the way that it's intended to use. Same with us with our gifts and the talents that God has given us. If we're leaking something, whether it be confidence or boldness or trust, or uh, let's stop on that one for a second. Whether it's trust, like I said, the, the situation with me, I, it was a certain level of trust to say, God, I'm giving this to you. Instead, I'm pulling you along with me. Because sometimes I think that we can try to take situations for ourselves instead of letting God lead. And we can just get ourselves into bigger problems because we'll say, oh, well, we just got this. I got this team. I'm Kobe Bryant. I'm putting the team on my back. Let's go. So let's look in scripture real quick and and pull out a couple things that really stood out to me when we're talking about this topic of really understanding that the calling that God has given you or the things that God has promised you. We don't need to try to overstep when it comes to letting him lead. We don't need to try to take things under our control and our strength and say that we got this. And, 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 the, and the, the biggest thing, but even here's the thing that I want to highlight too: God in his grace and his sovereignty and his mercy, even in those moments that seemingly, because all of this is already written out, he knows the outcome of every single thing. And that can cause conflict with some people because then they, some people could say, well, if God already knows everything, does he predestine people to hell or he, does he predestine this, that that's a topic for a different day. I definitely want to get into that at some point, but I just want to focus on this topic at hand right now. God engineers our situations. You know what I'm saying? Like God has all of this written out. It's like me as a parent, when I sit down my son, if I put down two different pieces of candy, I know which one he's going to pick. It doesn't take away his free will. It's still his choice to choose which one he wants. But ultimately, I know because I know my son. And if I know my son and I know the choices that he's going to make when it comes to that candy bar and I am fallen and I'm not perfect, just think about the level that God is working on in his perfection. 
You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's a completely different ballgame. We'll never be able to fully grasp and understand some of this stuff, but the grace that God has toward us, that even when the moments that we seemingly take things into our own hands, he turns it into good. And he says, well, actually this was the plan to begin with. So actually the, the, the way that supposedly you strayed off in, I turned it around and yeah, this was supposed to happen all along. And so I'm going to give you an example of that because this is something that I ran into when I was reading Genesis the other day that I thought was really very cool and I never saw before. And um, I actually called my pastor and he was like, wait, what? You know, because I read this and he was like, I, let me look at that. Let me look that up. And so um, I'm, I'm going to connect the story of Abraham and the story of Joseph. This is Genesis chapter 11, um, um, verse number 29. It says, and Abram and Nahor took wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai. I think that's how you say it, Sarai. And the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah and Iskar. Now Sarai was barren. She had no child. So now let's go to Genesis chapter 12. This is the very next chapter. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great. We read this a couple weeks ago. So that you will be a blessing. Skip down to the end of verse number three. It says, in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And verse number four says, Abraham was 75 years old when this happened. So God gave him this promise at 75 years old. As time goes on, Abram starts to think, man, I'm getting older and older. There's no way this is going to happen. You know, I, I, I know God gave me this promise, but this is seeming kind of crazy. And Sarai is saying, I think we need to take this into our own hands. This is what happens when we take things into our own hands, by the way. Chapter number 16 now. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. So time is kind of moving on a little bit. And they're saying, man, I don't know if this is actually going to happen. Sarai is saying, I know you're saying that the Lord told you this, but we need to do something here. We need to move. So what does she do? She offers up her handmaiden to Abram. And she says, uh, Sarai said to Abram, behold, now the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Now you go into my servant that I may uh, that I shall obtain children by her. So they're taking it into their own hands now. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. That's what I'm saying. We we don't need to ignore advice from people, but don't take somebody else's word over what God is telling you. Whether it be a spouse, a pastor, somebody that you really trust, somebody that you've known for years, do not take somebody else's word over the Lord. So he goes in, he does this thing, she gets pregnant. Uh, she, and, 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 uh, the, the servant's name is Hagar. She conceives, she has a baby. And what does it say here in verse number four? He went into Hagar and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, this is talking about Sarai. Now she looked on her with content. So she started to resent her. She started to dislike her to the point where she's like, we got to get her out of here now, get her away. You know, she was, had this great idea that she thought in the moment, this is what we need to do. God told us this. This is how we need to work. And then, and then they go in and do it. And then she's like, well, wait, this isn't actually what I wanted anyway. Because that's human nature. We do things that we think, oh, I have to have this. Or, oh, this has to be the way. And then when we have it how we think that it's supposed to be, it, it's not right. Because it's not God. We're not God. That's what we need to let him lead instead of trying to pull him behind us. And now let's go to uh, chapter number, we're still in chapter number 16. Let's go to verse 15. And Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram called the name of his son, who Hagar bore, Ishmael. So I want you to remember that name for a second, because this is a thing that I said I never realized until the other day that I called my pastor about. Verse number 16, Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. So they waited 11 years. You know what I'm saying? And, and Sarai is saying, okay, I saw what you're saying that the Lord told you, but it's been 11 years. We need to move. We need to act. 
Fast forward 13 years later, this is chapter number 17, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty, God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless. Verse number five, no longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham, for I have made you the father of multitude of many nations. At this point, Abraham was probably saying, yeah, I remember you coming to me when I was 75 and telling me that we still don't have any kids, me and Sarai. Like we had Ishmael, but when he was born, <laughs> Sarai wasn't rocking with this situation. So we sent him away. I don't have any kids. And now you're telling me you're going to change my name to where it means father of many nations. And, and in that time, names were so important. So when he goes up to people and people are saying, what's your name? And he's, he's telling them that they're like, how many kids you got? And he's like, I don't have any. <laughs> he's like, but I know God told me that I'm going to have kids. He's like, people probably look at him like, what is this guy on? You know what I'm saying? But it's, it's just interesting to, to read this and to see how long it took to actually get the promise. And what happens when you take things into your own hands, seemingly. But ultimately, God does flip it to work in the way that he had already written it out to begin with. So if you look at the end of uh, chapter, this is 17, verse number 7. God says, I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant. Not only does God give Abraham this promise, but he double downs on the promise. Because he's like, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Abraham goes out of his way to take things seemingly into his hands and do things the way that that makes sense from a human standpoint. And God says, even though you didn't fully trust me, you were leaking faith at that point. I'm still making my everlasting covenant with you. And then if you look over at chapter 20, chapter 21, verse number three, Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, Isaac. Abraham was 100 years old when his son, Isaac was born. So even though it took 25 years, and even though there was a speed bump in the road with Ishmael and that whole thing, God still flipped it to work for his good. And so this is the thing that I wanted to, the last thing that I wanted to share. And this is um, Genesis chapter 39. So actually, let's, let's go to Genesis chapter 37, the introduction of Joseph here. So Joseph is born. Uh, just a little quick review of Joseph up to this point before chapter number 39. He's 17 years old. He's the favorite in the house. Joseph, uh, Jacob gives him the coat of many colors. His brothers know that he's the favorite. His brothers do not like him. If you look in uh, chapter 37, verse number four, when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all of the other brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. So they hated him, verse number eight. So they hated him because of the dreams that he was having. So the thing about Joseph was not only was he, he the favorite, but he was having these dreams coming to his brothers and he knew you could, I'm sure pick up that they weren't crazy about him. And he was still kind of, Oh, this is the dream that I had. And so I, I had to really pray about this because I think uh, the whole time God had a position at Joseph to be second in command of Egypt, but there was some things that he had to go through because that 17 year old was kind of a punk, like not a punk, but a spoiled brat. To the point where he's, I'm kind of rubbing it in my face. I got this coat of many colors. Here, brothers, check out this dream that I have while I'm wearing my coat. You guys were bowing down to me. You know what I'm saying? And so it was like he had to be humbled by being thrown in the pit, by going to prison, by going through all these things that he had to do. Because that 17-year-old kid, if he would have kept going that trajectory, he wouldn't have been able to handle 
the responsibility that was given to him at 30 years old to be second in command and to be able to store up all the grain that was going to save everyone because the famine was so severe. So his brothers didn't like him. But the, the thing that really stands out to me here in chapter number 37 is you really need to be careful who you share your dreams with. Because as we see later on in Joseph's story, actually, let's just flip over there. Chapter number 39. Chapter number 41, I'm sorry. Chapter number 41, verse 43, it says, And he made him ride in his second chariot. This is talking about Pharaoh to Joseph. And they called out before him, bow the knee. At that point, that word, bow the knee, was always there. But it hadn't got there at that point. The brothers hadn't heard bow the knee yet. Nobody knew anything about bow the knee yet. God gave Joseph a little bit of insight of bow the knee is going to be in your future. But it's not right now. Watch out who you share your dreams with. Watch out who you share your visions with. Now, verse number, uh, chapter number 39, this is the thing that, that I was talking about a second ago, and I'm, I'm really building this up, and I might say this, and somebody like, I read this a million times. Chapter 39, now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites. Abram's first son was named Ishmael. That is, that, I never picked that up before, that seemingly... When Abraham and Sarai take things into their own hand, they have a son named Ishmael. His descendants were used to get Joseph to Egypt to ultimately save the world, save, that, save everyone at that time because of the famine to come. So even when we take things into our own hands, even when we do our own thing, God flips it around and works it for his glory to bring in what he had all along. And so as we think about that, and, and Joseph, 30 years old, put in a position of being second in command. And like I said, chapter number 41, Joseph went out over the land of Egypt, was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out of the presence of Pharaoh and went through all the land of Egypt during the seven plentiful years of the earth produced abundantly. They didn't hear bend the knee at that point. They just heard, I'm seeing this brat that the father loves more than any of us. But bow the knee was coming. And so I just want to encourage you um, in, in, in your walk today, in your life today, trust God. Don't get ahead of the Holy Spirit. Walk in step with what God would have you do in whatever moment. And so that's all I got for you guys today. Um, thank you guys for all the prayers. Thank you for everybody who's been reaching out. Um, there's been an uptick in things going on lately. Um, it's been a lot going on. And so we're going to explain more of that here to come over the next couple of weeks, but I'm thankful. I'm excited for everything that God's doing. Thankful for all of you guys. I love y'all. Y'all have a great week. God bless.